Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Self Podcast, where we talk all things happiness from both a professional and a personal point of view. I'm Tracy Fox, an NYU certified life coach and author of four books on happiness. You can find out more about me at tracyfox.net. Along with my co-host, Kara Duncan, we invite you to sit back, laugh, listen, and learn as you discover your happy self. Okay, so we are talking money today because it's the new year, and I think it's something that a lot of people think about all the time. It's not even I think, I know. I mean, we think about money from the minute we get up when we're just discussing how much we're going to spend on groceries to looking at our you know monthly budgets to all sorts of things. So money is on the minds of people all the time. Well, you know, it sounds silly, but like money is like it's as necessity it's as necessity as food. I mean, really, right? When you break it down, I mean, what however it, it it's in your life, it's it's a necessity, right? It's a necessity. Well, not only that, but you know, there are a lot of surveys, and we're gonna kind of go over a couple stats, which I think really round out what people are thinking in terms of money. But the first stat is that 50% of people say that their biggest stress in the world is money and they think about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you, you know, know, when you think about it, when you don't have it, because you're trying to always figure out, well, should I buy this or should I buy that? Or how am I going to pay the bills? And I think a lot of people, especially this year, this past year are in that situation more so than ever. Yeah. I have to believe that, you know, those of us who aren't billionaires, <laughs> you know, we are the ones that think about it because you're, you're balancing it, you're managing it, you're, you know, um, divvying it up properly, so forth like that, and trying to be responsible with it. So yeah, you are thinking about it all the time. I, I, I really am interested to hear your stats, Trace, because, you know, we all think about money, but then, you know, when you hear the stats, you're like, oh, wow, you know, it really brings it home. So what else do you got? All right. So the first one is 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. 8% of U.S. citizens believe that they will never recover from a, the recession. Wow. Like any recession, they just will never right. recover. So if they go backwards, for example, they're, they're never going to make it. They're up. never going to make it right. 20% of Americans don't save any ever of their income. 50% hmm. of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I think we knew that. And that's a hard place yeah. to be. Yeah. And only 32% of U.S families maintain a budget. So they don't even think in terms of how they're spending or saving money. And you know, it, it, let me just interject, that's not even people who don't have money. That's right. You know, I mean, people, or maybe say it the other way, people who have money don't budget and people who don't have money budget don't budget. And that's a, you know, I learned that one a long time ago. Well, and I can't tell you how many people I'll coach, especially when I do marriage coaching and I'll say, because money is the biggest thing they fight about. Um, and I'll say, great, well, I was going to mention the too. money and, and they'll both be like, no idea, no idea if we're spending 10,000 on the American Express or 50,000. So it has nothing. You're right. It has nothing to do with the amount of money. It's just not being managed. I remember you saying that so often. And funny enough, I was going to bring that up about, you know, money and, and um, the discord and marriages are surrounding by it. But I, we've talked about that many times. And you've always said it astounds you that people don't even know a, maybe even how much they're bringing in. And then more importantly, how much they're taking out, how much they're putting out. And most of us, I guess, are putting out more than we're bringing in that the old American dream, eh? 
Well, and it goes back to, too, that so much of money isn't even about that. It's about the power in, in relationships anyway. It's about the power struggle of I feel this mm. way. My value around money is this. And then your spouse might have a different value. And, you know, somebody might value taking the kids on a beautiful vacation. And the other spouse might value, no, we need to take that 30000 and put it towards an education. Education, so people bring yes. different values around their money as well. Well, and, you know, clearly that, that don't you think that becomes so much from, again, you know, when you come into a marriage, you're bringing two different lives together, right? So the way you've br been brought up, you know, you know, I didn't come from loads and, you know, that sets up a whole different, um, you know, viewpoint, right? So depending kind of how you've been brought up, not only how much you had, but how it was managed. Totally, totally. And yeah. here's the last two shocking statistics. One is last year, close to a million people declared bankruptcy, personal bankruptcy, Oh, so sad. And then here's even worse. Half of all Americans have credit card debt with the average being, you want to guess what the average credit card debt is? 100,000? Yeah, 100,000. I was going to say 20 and I knew that was absolutely not right. 100. And do you know how long that takes to pay off because you are paying interest and fees on top of that? And that must feel so like it just puts like pressure on my chest you know what I mean like and and to be living like that with that pressure you know you you see why people a are declaring bankruptcy and b why it's on their mind 24 7 because that is a big a big burden but here's the good news and I really know this from coaching and I also just know it in my own personal life that when you decide to manage your money like really just get absolute clarity around it, which most people don't want to do because it's right. too big. It seems too complicated, but even starting with the baby steps, which is what we're going to talk about today, because you and I are not money managers and we're not investment specialists, but just the <laughs> basics is really going to help a lot of people because once you turn it around and decide you're going to manage it, all these things can fall away and you can get yourself in a place of not necessarily wealth, but in a right. place of feeling abundant about whatever you have and then treating it that way. And that's a completely yeah, exactly. different lifestyle, yeah. right? Yeah. And and no like, well, that's, that's it because the money issues causes so much stress for all of us. And, you know, let's just reiterate. Yeah. We are not money managers. No. We are just coming from the stats and, and, you know, some of our own uh, personal uh, thoughts. So it still comes down to personal finance. So that, you know, the, the, Experts suggest that you basically you have to know the basics. And so I'm just going to go over the five basics and then we're going to jump into like, what are some really amazing things we can do to get hold of our money and start to live a more abundant lifestyle. So one is, you know, there's five areas of, you know, personal finance. The first is income, right? That's all the money you're bringing in. And again, people need to know that it's not just, you know, the one income although that's probably the main source of it. There might be bonuses, pensions, dividends from some stocks you own. And then if you're going to either have an inheritance or you're currently getting an inheritance and or you know, people gift other people money. Right, so right. You need to know the income and really know what it is. And I suggest you take out a piece of paper and, you, and I do this all the time in coaching, just write down what you believe you're bringing in as a family unit. That's number one. Number two. Yeah, and if anybody needs my address for gifting, just kidding. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> two is spending. Where does the money go? 
And I will contend 99.9% of people really have no idea. They're kind of like, yeah, there's the Amex and there's the food and there's the mortgage. But when I ask them, and this is 20 years of experience I have coaching, they're like, don't really know the numbers. So don't know if cable is 300 or 500. Don't know if Amex is five or 10. Yes, I know the, the, you know, I know the rent or the mortgage, but all those other things, they don't really have a hold on. You know, I'm just going to just, I wish I knew the name. I think it's Mint. Um, but my husband literally does this. I, I think it's a little bit of a hobby for him, to be honest. Like just, he really tracks the different categories. And I find that fascinating. But to talk about really managing, that's kind of like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, eating out, haircuts, literally like doing it into categories. It's, it's quite eye-opening when you start looking at how you are spending, especially if you're struggling with budgeting. I think that's a really good suggestion. Well, not really? only that, people think it's so overwhelming, but again, yes, maybe the first time you do it, it feels overwhelming. But I always suggest to people, once you do it, you then copy yeah. two, two, two pieces of paper. Once you write out your budget, you copy it. And then both, you know, if you're married, both spouses know what it is. And then maybe you just meet once a month or once every six months and you just go over it. So again, everybody's on top of what's happening. It's not like every time it's overwhelming. Once you understand there's fixed expenses, electric rent, blah, blah. And then there's the variables and the variables you can control. You can decide how many times you're going to go out to dinner, how many vacations you're taking, how many soccer balls you're buying. Exactly. So that's where it starts to get interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one is savings, right? Do you mm -hmm. have like, are you saving just cash onto your mattress or do you actually have a, you know, a savings account? It's important to maybe save anything if you can for those times when you need money and something happens where you can't necessarily get it through a job or something. Very important. And you know, that, sorry, that's a really good point too, because one thing I'm trying to teach my kids is, you know, particularly once you get a house and things like that, you know, things come up, right, people? I mean, our car, you know, the refrigerator goes, I mean, things come up all the time. And if you're not prepared, that can really set you back, right? You know, you've got to have a little bit of something, if you can, at all possible, just even, you know, savings is a good habit. So even if you're putting five, 10, 20, whatever it is, I think it's a really good um, habit for life. And, and like I said, everybody's finances are different, but if you can just even put a little bit away, I think it's a really good starting point. Yeah. And I think the problem for a lot of people, and I used to have this problem myself, which was, do I save it or do I have some fun with it? And I always felt like those were at odds with one another because yes, I'd much rather you know, in, in my younger days, get on a plane and go to some party somewhere versus taking that $200 and putting it into savings that, you know, when I think it is hard, especially when you're younger to like, even think about savings, you just want to think about having fun. And those two you, things can often be at odds with one another. You do. But I think, uh, again, this is just my outspoken opinion, but that is one thing we've really taught our children is about saving and saving for the future. And, you know, again, if you can do it, it's a great start. Yeah, you know, start while you're young because that does grow. Yes. And then that takes us to the next category, which is investing, right? So it's not just throwing money into a savings account, but understanding the principle of compound interest. And my father used to say that to me all the time about if you really understand the power of compound interest, that you put $500 into the account, if you're investing it in a safe place like the S&P 500, you make 10%, right? So then now exactly. you've made 550, now you're making interest on 550. And that's yep. why it can grow so quickly. So Absolutely. investing doesn't have to be that complicated. It can simply be putting it in a safe account that has some interest bearing um, you know, benefit to it. 
and then right. you really, of, yeah, gross. Sorry. sorry, sorry. A lot of us get stumped too because you're like, I don't have money for an investor, you know, investor, investor, you know, to help me figure that out. But you know, honestly, go to a friend, you know, just you know, Neil's an accountant, he's pretty good with money. It's you know, I you know, he'd be happy to talk to a friend about some of his ideas. You know what I mean? You don't always have to spend the money to actually go to some big wig to help you out, but you know, talk to friends and see what they're doing and get good ideas that way. Absolutely. And then the last category is protection, which I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about, but that's for, you know, really the planning for unseen events. And that involves all sorts of insurance, like health insurance, life insurance, and then estate planning for those people that have the estate to plan for. Huh. Interesting. Yes. All right. So let's go over some really amazing ideas to how to really manage your finances this year and move from, you know, uh, thoughts on lack to thoughts of abundance. So let's just start with that, which is mindset. What's your theory on mindset around money? Um, I think your mindset starts with, you know, a, kind of looking overall, like what what is it that you want? You know, kind of going saying, do you, you know, do you want to just have fun or do, are you setting yourself up for, you know, the future? Um, you know, what is it that's going to make you feel more, at ease with money, right? So I guess for everybody that's different things, but um, is that kind of what you meant? Like, yeah, no, I think that's it. I mean, I think, you know, mindset is so important because if you come from a place of lack and worry and, oh my God, this is too much, I can't, then you're always frazzled. But I think if you move your mindset in over to, listen, no matter what it is, whether I have $5 or I have 5 million, I'm going to manage it. And all, yeah. all you're doing is shifting kind of your personal power around it from, I can't handle this. Oh my God. Oh my God. To no, wait a second. Let's sit down. Just what we went over. Let's look at what we're bringing in, what we're spending. Right. Let's get some level of our understanding of our current situation so we can make some kind of grown up decisions around it. And that just takes that basic thing that I love is like, there's two ways to look at things and you've got that negative approach and you've got that positive approach and the positive approach is empowering. It's put you in control. And that's, that's right. around money, very important. Yeah, exactly. And then you touched on the second point, which is, yeah, set your personal priorities and financial goals. Do you want to, you know, a lot of people are very serious about saving for the future and they want to put the lump sum there. Other people want to make sure they're having fun now, but you want to balance that. So you want to do want to look at what your priorities are. I mean, obviously the priority of a 20 year old is a lot different than the priority of a 40 year old who has two kids and is thinking about the future. And that's different than the 60 year old who's thinking about, I have all this college, you know, tuition to pay. So everybody's in a different spot. So you do need to sit down and look at what are your priorities and what are your financial goals and just don't go with the crowd because everybody's yeah. in a different position. Oh, absolutely. Again, you can, you can look at people's different um, situations and learn from them, but you're right. You, this is definitely an area that you have got to look within your own, you know, your own being and your own uh, uh, set of circumstances. Yep. So the next big one is, yeah, and everybody has this, right? Because so many people use credit cards. Uh, <laughs> Got to really be on top of monitoring your credit card spending and not just, we've all become a society of just put it on the credit card and worry about it later. And I, that is what's gotten so many people into trouble because it just and, feels yeah. like, you know, you're a bank when you got that thing and you don't care because you're putting it and you'll figure it out later. And that is what gets a lot of us into trouble. And there's, there's two things, you know, if, if you're someone who is really struggling, this is just my little opinion. Um, you know, if you are someone who struggles with that, you know, they say, 
there's a big hole. There's a whole thing. You can look it up, but like you, you just use cash. And I know, and you, you know, that even just try it, like just for a little bit, because it's us, you are so much more aware. You put that plastic thing down. You, you're not, you know, especially when you're looking at uh, those larger purchases that we tend to put on the credit card because it's a large purchase. But if you are really money, managing your money, you know, do I have that $200 for that or do I not? And if you've got cash in your wallet and this is what I've allowed, allotted myself, uh, can I really get that or can I not? And, you know, again, th those credit cards, that, that just creeps up and that, that's what gives people stress, right? We're just talked about a hundred thousand dollars on debt. That's, that's overwhelmingly stressful. Well, and I think what you're saying is exactly right that when you, you know, and again, maybe we should all challenge everybody to try this for a month, just take your money that you want to spend that month and put it in an envelope cash. And same thing with the kids, give them whatever hundred bucks each yep. and just see, you know, how quickly it can go. <laughs> you have cash and you're right you will feel the pain at the moment you're not throwing on a credit card figuring out later when you're spending right. that $15 for your sandwich and your drink at lunch and you pull out the $15 and you know that your hundred just went down to 85 it's a completely different feeling than just throwing everything on a credit card for I have a dear friend who did that a few years ago I remember it distinctly she looked it up and figured you know figure out the whole how you take this envelope and you have it allotted for different things it was fascinating takes a lot of discipline. It does. And it's a really good thing to try because you will learn sure. a lot about yourself and your spending habits and also get your family in order because so much of the time it's about you, even if you can get your act together, maybe your spouse has different and your kids, everybody's in a different place around it. So it also mm -hmm. will bring the family together in terms of learning some new lessons around money for sure. And being aware, yeah. Being aware is such a huge part of it. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Grace. so the next one is, and which is, of course, is I deal with this all the time in marriage coaching, which is don't allow one spouse to monopolize finances. And this is so true. And again, especially with women, not always the rule, but, you know, much of the time where I will be speaking with women and they're like, I have no idea my husband deals with all of that. I have no idea about any of it. And that is not good for one personal power. It's not good for, you know, if you start to decide you're not, you're going to dissolve your marriage. I work with a lot of women who they're thinking about leaving their husbands and they have no idea about the money. And now they're in a kind of this very precarious position where, of course, you know, like that old saying, you're not divorcing the person you married. And so now you're in enemy camp and uh, there's so much of that goes on. And if you just known your money from the beginning, it wouldn't even be up for discussion. Right, right. But I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people um, fall into this uh, category because there tends to be somebody who's more in charge of it. And it's not always the man. Believe me, I know a lot of my friends who are the ones who are in control of all the bills. And I I've never been that person, but I know many women who are the ones that are in charge of, you know, bring paying the bills. So they, they know what's going on. And, you know, I, just I think, think the best thing is for both people. Like I always say, it's both not, it's, people, right? right. It shouldn't even just doesn't have to be both people have to pay the bills, but both people should know. Look, we, I know that our house is worth seven hundred thousand. I know that what what we bring in, and I know what we spend. I know what's in investments. Even if one person handles it all, I think both people should have ownership over knowing what it is. And I just know so many people that just give up their ownership around that. Like, oh, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I don't even think about it. And, you know, 
that uh, sense of security only lasts so long. And it's very empowering to know your own money. And it's very empowering to earn your own money at some point too, even if it's a part-time job. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I like that little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I found that for myself really empowering, I guess, is it is um, empowering or sometimes, you know, you feel like you're um, contributing to the family, which is a really nice feeling too. So with those Absolutely. little part-time jobs. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is all about, you talk to your own accountant about this, but another way to really help with your money is to minimize taxes. And, you know, as we know, people who understand the tax code are very good about minimizing their taxes because there's all sorts of deductions you can take in terms of the child credit act and expenses. If you run your own business and all that stuff, we're not going to get into that. But again, I think it's helpful to just be aware that there are ways to minimize your taxes. Again, it's important. I know everyone wants to minimize their taxes, but it's important that we pay taxes because that that is what pays for all the wonderful things we enjoy from infrastructure to protection to, to the right. police to schools to etc so it's important to pay your taxes for sure but i think the, again the more you know the better decisions right. you can make well of course knowledge is power for sure and yeah you're right you're we're not saying you know divvy up in there but it's the point is uh to to be to be knowledgeable you know so that you're making the most of your money exactly exactly um, and then the other two ones here are, you know, just really try to think, can I get in a position where I'm living within my means, you know, and so many people don't want to live within their means. And I understand that because there's a lot of exciting things out there that you, we want to do and own and see, but it's no fun to have that level of stress when you reach beyond that. And that's why, again, we're going round and round about that's why people get into credit card debt and stress. Right. But when you can live within your means, and you can understand that more money and more things don't necessarily equal more happiness. Um, Absolutely. That's such a peaceful place. And that's what we want at the end of the day, right? Yes. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want peace and we want happiness. We want our happiest self. That's right. <laughs> Very good. That's the name of the podcast. Very good. Okay. And I think the last thing here, and I'm going to read it because I love this little quote, but wealth is not the same thing as financial abundance. Mm. And it really talks about, there's a lot of wealthy people who don't feel that they are financially free. So they have the money, but there's all these things that come along with it, right? They're not free, even though they have, they have the wealth, but they don't have abundance. Mm. Interesting. Right? Because there's a power struggle going on, because maybe somebody else controls the money, because they believe that more money meant more happiness. There's all sorts of traps around money right? So you can have all this money and not be free and feel abundant. It's better to have an abundance and an abundance can be about, I'm grateful for what I do have. Um, I'm living within my means. That can be a very abundant lifestyle. It doesn't necessarily mean you are wealthy. I, I believe very much in the abundance of life is about being grateful and happy with what you have. If we're constantly looking for more or what others have, you are going to be in a, a pit of unhappiness. I really believe that. You know, we're all guilty of it at some times. Of course we are, we're human beings. But if you can really live within yourself and your happiness is what you have and not what you're striving, always striving for more, that's, that's not, that, that's, I feel like that's the cat chasing the tail. 
And, you know, I always say what's interesting is, you know, we all talk about what well, we don't all talk about, but the Ten Commandments and we sort of can rattle them off. But the one no one ever talks about is the last one, which is do not covet. It's the one people don't remember and they don't think about. But I think it's so powerful because, you know, if we didn't covet what other people had, like what you're saying, we would be so much happier. But we're always looking around to what other people have. We always look up. Well, no, they've got that and they've got that. Well, no, I always say don't look up why don't you look down once in a while and just be grateful for what you have and realize, you know, you have a lot compared to what other people have and be grateful for what you, like what you're saying, be grateful for what you have and have that beautiful, abundant mind and lifestyle. I like that looking down yet at, at, you know, where you are, because, you know, there's always somebody better off. Right. But you know what, let's be, let's, let's be a little even more, um, let's look down at, at, you know, it, I think it gives you a little bit of perspective sometimes, and it also might give you some gratitude, but also, you know what I like even better than looking up and down, looking within. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Let's go yeah. to the questions. Okay. I've got three here. Um, Jessica J from Athea, South Carolina. My husband has always taken care of the money and bills. I have never even questioned it, but when I found out you were doing this episode on personal finance, I feel inspired. What would be my next step? Well, I, you know, I think we've covered some of this, but just to really right. bring it home, I do think it's truly important just to say to your husband, I want to, you know, I want to know more. Can we sit down and really look at it and go over it in very simple terms? Because again, it can feel overwhelming. What are we really bringing in? What are we spending? Just start with that basic and really know it for yourself. And then maybe have a regular meeting with your family members about what it is. So you're managing it. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's out of control and keep that piece of paper and bringing it out once a month and sit with your husband and say, are we still on track? Has anything changed? And then bring some of the things you feel important to the table. Like if you want to start putting more away, or you want to maybe make some decisions about going on a vacation or whatever it is. I think just, again, taking ownership around it is the best way to do that. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of what we were talking about. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Coco V from Miami, Florida. Can you give your best one piece of advice on how to really know what I am spending? I find the whole thing overwhelming. Well, we kind of just touch on that again, didn't we? Um, go ahead, Trace. Well, I liked what you said. Like, you know, if you want to know what you're spending, then decide to one, take ownership of it. And two, why don't you decide to just use cash? and really write down every time you spend money. Like even if you buy a can of soda, write it down. I just spent 250 on a can of soda. Oh, mm -hmm. I just paid the bill for the cable. That was 300 and keep a running tab and do it for a month or do even do it for a week. And just right. do it for a week. Look. You do yeah. a, a week of writing down what you spend every time, whether it's giving your child a dollar to get some bubble gum or whether it's paying right. a bit the mortgage, when you write it down, you will see and understand what is really happening with your finances. Okay. That just cracked me up. A dollar for bubble gum. How about when I was a kid, it was 10 cents. All right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm not even right, sure it's right. a dollar anymore. It's probably like three. <laughs> anyway, you know what? You're right. The, what really stri strikes me with this question is the overwhelming. That is the whole thing. We all get overwhelmed because we're looking too far. We even don't even do a month. Try a week, try yeah. three days, try right. Monday through Friday, try the weekend, you know, because taking a little, especially anything new that we're trying, right? Any new habit, any new something that's unfamiliar to us, taking a little bit at a time really helps you get comfortable with it. And then you make another step. I like that. Yep. Okay. Last one, hon. Uh, Chris L. Lexington, Kentucky. 
a family member asked me for money. Huh. What are your thoughts on loaning a family member money? I have, I have, can I jump in? Yeah, please. This is, this is uh, something that Neil and I feel very strongly about. And this has nothing to do with family. This has loaning in general. And this is, again, just our personal. If you choose to lend money, we lend it knowing that we might not get it back. That's how we do it. Well, I'd even because, go a step further because I really feel strong about this also. And I think when, if somebody is in so much desperate straits that they have to ask you for money, you should just give it to them or, or say, no, it's gotta be one or the other. Cause you're right. Once you start lending and you start putting on interest and you start calling for the payback, you've just one ruined the relationship. The whole thing is always a mess. It's just always a mess. Well, right. I mean, you know, money is a very tricky thing as we've kind of just, you know, touching on thinking about how everybody views it different. Everybody has different stresses, but yes, um, I just believe that just like you said, once you get, you know, we have lent people money and sometimes we've gotten it back. Sometimes we've gotten half of it back and sometimes we haven't got it back. And, but we lend um, whatever is comfortable to us knowing that we might not see that again. That's how we do it. Yeah, I love that. I'm not that. saying I'm not, and I'm not saying that's right. And I'm not saying that's certainly right for everybody. But I just know in our experiences that you don't always get it back. And so you have to make sure that you are financially and emotionally comfortable with that decision. And do you say that up front? Like, look, I'm going to give this to you. And if you can pay it back, no. great. But if you can't? Um, depending, I have said to people before, um, do not stress about the time frame. I have said that to somebody, yep. um, and you know, we saw half of it and I'll probably not see the other half. And that was our decision. And I know that going into it. Yeah. And, and my experience has taught me just give the person the money. If you have it, give it to them and let it go. And it'll come back to you in other ways. Um, because once you start holding people accountable for the payback, and again, charging family and friends interest oh, on money and all that stuff. It just sets yeah. up bad feelings on, on both sides, on both sides. Because if the person can't pay it back, then there's a whole power struggle. It's just a whole bad mess. So if you have it in your heart, give them the money knowing it will come back another way or, or, or you know, maybe give them some other options. But yeah, I, you got to have it more than you, you got to have it more than in your heart, babe. You got to have it in your wallet too. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fascinating uh, podcast and lots to, for all of us to think about. Yeah. And uh, thanks for joining us today. And we will certainly talk to you next week. Everybody be well. Bye-bye.